2: I can get better when Pierre Maguire joins us to talk all things hockey. Pierre, of course, brought to you by our friends at Norfolk Power Equipment and by UMass Online, fresh off the trade deadline show over there on TSN. Pierre, Mutt and Lou, how are you? Doing great, Mutt. Hello, Lou. Hello there, Pierre. Uh, let's start with the uh, Bruins at the trading deadline, Pierre. I felt like they needed to do more. I feel like Mazeros, as you told us last week, could be a good acquisition, but they came up uh, a little bit short in my mind. Do you view them with their defensive depth as having done enough and as being a legitimate cup contender this season.
0: Yes, yes and yes. Uh, they didn't destroy the fabric of their team, which is really important. One of the great things about the Boston Bruins is the chemistry of that team uh, and how they rally around one another. And if you look at their depth down the middle, and I talked to somebody in another market who's a manager about this, I said the thing about the Bruins that makes them tough to play against is strength down the core of their team. So Krejci, Bergeron, Kelly, Campbell. You're locked and loaded and everybody knows their role. Then you got the shutdown presence of Chara. You have the shutdown presence of Boychuk. You've got the maneuverability of Torrey Krug. You've now got Andre Mazaros. And let me take you back to his rookie year in 05-06 playing with Zdeno Chara. He was plus 34, Mazaros was. Chara was plus 17. Those guys have played so much together in the National Hockey League and so much together internationally that you'll see that this is... Uh, This will be – this is good. And Peter Chiarelli knows Mazzaro's very well from their days in Ottawa together. So I think, quite frankly, Boston did a good job by not messing with the integrity of their team.
1: So he's a healthy scratch last night, and obviously just because he comes from a different type of scheme it's going to take him a while. Uh, Do you see him eventually jumping in, pairing up with maybe Chara, or do you see him just sliding in maybe in that second pairing?
0: I think you start out slow, and then you build up, and you see what he can handle. I can tell you this. I was in Philly the other night. I did the Philly-Washington game, trade deadline day, and I talked to the coach of the Flyers. They did not want to lose Andre Mazaros. They really didn't, and Philadelphia's a good team. They're, they're starting to prove to people that they're a good team. Now, they got Andrew McDonald from the New York Islanders, um, and he's going to be a good fit for their group as well to replace uh, Mazaros. But they, the problem they had with Mazaros is he's going to potentially be an unrestricted free agent. They thought he'd walk at the end of the year, and they didn't want to pay the money that they thought he would get on the market.
2: Well, can you explain then all the healthy scratches, Pierre, if, they, if they're if they going to miss him, and, and I believe you when you say that, the 20, yeah. 24 healthy scratches before they eventually traded him on Wednesday?
0: There was some injury situations, too. Um, people are. Always, I've heard that, too, and I can tell you one of the coaches, I won't tell you his name because that would be letting out a source, but he's a very, very good coach and a respected guy in this league. He, he said to me, he says we don't want to lose that guy. He's an important player, and especially going into the playoffs. But there were injury situations. People are saying all these healthy scratches. There, were, it's not all of them being healthy. There were some injury situations that Andre was dealing with over time. But it's a fair question.
1: You know the concern that I would have, uh, Pierre, is that, you know we we talked about the pairings that the Bruins had last year that kind of choked out the Pittsburgh right. Penguins, and it was you know Bergeron. You can put them with that second pairing of that Crosby line, right. but you had the you know Boychuk and an under very underrated Andrew Ference, right? Who yep. who who he could count on, and Seinberg and Chara obviously. Now without those top two pairings. It looks a little thinner,
0: you know. It does. It does. But let's let's be fair too, because most people really don't know who Kevin Miller is. Kevin Miller has become a very stable player for that team, um, and I think that's one of the things. When you see a player that can play close to twenty minutes a game, and you can count on him being a plus player, that, that's I think a really important player for your group. So again, it's something to watch as you go along. But I, I've seen more positives with this team than negatives with this team, and. Um, I still think with Dougie starting, Doug, I'm talking about Dougie Hamilton. Sorry, I, I think he's starting to find his way a little bit more. Uh, Bartkowski's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. So no, I listen. I'm bullish on a couple teams in the East. One of them is Boston, and the other one is Pittsburgh. And then there's a next group of teams after those two. Those are still the two best teams in the Eastern Conference.
2: I want to ask you about Montreal and how close they are to that group. Pierre Pierre Maguire is joining us, but let's follow up on this trade deadline. The story today in the Boston Globe from Fluto Shinzawa, who's on the Bruins beat, writes about a trade that didn't happen, and that was the Bruins sending a a young centerman and Matt Bartkowski to Vancouver for Alexander Edler. And the reason it's written today that didn't go through is because apparently to trade Edler, they wanted to trade Kessler first, and they couldn't get the Kessler deal done with Pittsburgh, so the Edler deal didn't happen to the Bruins. Did you hear any of that on Wednesday, and do you believe that was... Uh, realistic, the Bruins were close to getting Alexander Edler from Vancouver.
0: Edler was in play uh, because I had talked to two other teams, or maybe even three now, if my memory serves me correctly. Three teams had asked me about Edler and his performance at the Olympics. Because remember, he was a late add, or he didn't start the Olympics for Sweden, but he eventually played for Sweden and played well for them. And he's basically the reason why Oliver Ekman-Larsson sat on the bench for entire games. And he was a very good player for the Phoenix Coyotes. Um, so I did hear Edler's name was in play. Um, I, I don't know who the young centerman is, but during the trade deadline show, when I knew the Bruins, obviously everybody knew the Bruins needed some defense help, I thought one of the things they could potentially do, and I said this on the air, is trade Ryan Spooner uh, to Winnipeg. Winnipeg, because of an injury situation, uh, down the middle to them, uh, to Mark Scheifele, and they're still in the middle of a playoff push, could use a player like Ryan Spooner. And potentially you get uh, Mark Stewart back, and Mark Stewart would be one of those hardcore in-your-face defensemen that I know the Bruins liked before they traded him to Atlanta. But uh, they, Winnipeg eventually signed Mark Stewart that day to a four-year extension, so they weren't trading him. Um, but Spooner's name was one of the young names that I had heard out there uh, on the marketplace.
2: Yeah, they speculated it was Spooner or Koklachev-Pierre, plus yeah. barkowski for Edler.
0: Right, so there you go. I mean, I had heard Spooner's name out there, but I had also... I had speculated just because of the injury situation to Scheifele that potentially Winnipeg would be a spot because Mark Stewart was somebody the Bruins knew, but obviously Winnipeg didn't want to give up Mark Stewart.
1: You know, in Boston, we pay so much attention to Pittsburgh, and but then again, the way the Bruins have played Montreal here recently, I think right. a lot of people are still concerned with them, and then they go out and get Thomas Vanek, whose numbers against the Bruins are just off the charts. Absolutely, right. absolutely ridiculous. And the team that I was concerned with, you know, as well as Pittsburgh, now I think got a little bit better. What does that do to them?
0: Well, based on last night's performance, not much, but let's give Thomas a little bit more room to run. He wasn't very good last night. The team wasn't very good last night. Um, It's a tough back-to-back. They played in Anaheim the night before. Now they have to go up this play in San Jose to finish off their trip out west. Um, I think Thomas can help them, but the big thing to me is I saw Thomas at the Olympics. Thomas didn't show up for the Austrians at the Olympics. He was nowhere to be found. Um, and there were nights on Long Island this year after he was traded by Buffalo to Long Island There were nights he wasn't found either. Now, he has been very effective against the Bruins when he was in Buffalo in particular. Everybody knows that. We'll see. But for the Canadians, I still think it's early. I know they play the Bruins tough, um, and I like a lot of the things Mark Bergerman, their general manager, has done. But in a playoff series, I don't know if Montreal's ready uh, to play at that level We'll find out potentially, but I don't know if they're ready yet. I think a year from now they might be more ready. I just don't know if they're ready yet to make that kind of
2: appear. Pierre, if you're going to put the Bruins and uh, the Penguins as that top tier in the Eastern Conference, yeah. and you just mentioned Montreal, who, who, who would you put in that next group? Would you include the- Toronto, who's a team that the Bruins might see in the first round who gave them, as you know, A lot of trouble last year before the final uh, collapse by that Maple Leafs team. People need to
0: start paying attention to Philadelphia because of the way Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek are playing. They're playing really well, and Craig Berube has them playing high-octane hockey. They're going to be dangerous. Uh, The New York Rangers, it'll be interesting to see. They play in Carolina tonight, then they play Detroit on Sunday afternoon on NBC, a game I'll be doing with Eddie Olchuk and Kenny Albert. And um, the Rangers, I think, are going to snap out of this thing. They've... uh, They've been, you know, basically a team that's okay but not great. But now they're starting to wake up a little bit, and I think St. Louis is going to stabilize. Brad Richards and going to give them a little bit more offensive push. So, watch for the Rangers in Philly. And I think Tampa getting Stamkos back, he's going to be that team's going to be dangerous. I, Toronto, I'm not sure on. They don't have a lot of defensive presence. They've had some lukewarm offense. They're a one-line team right now with Bozak, with Van Riemsdyk, and with Kessel. So if you play in a playoff series against them, you shut that line down. They can't beat you.
1: Well, I don't think anybody should be surprised because last week when we had talked to you, I think it was about an hour or two after you had mentioned Miller and possibly Ott going to St. Right. Louis, it did happen. Right. Uh, are they are they the big winners, kind of? Is that the way you look at it?
0: So far they are. They've won the three games since they got those guys. They've won three in a row. They've won 4-2, four, 4-2, two, four, two, and last night 2-1 over Nashville. So Miller's made a difference. Not a lot of secondary opportunities when you're playing against him because his rebound control is so good. Ott's going to fit in perfectly there because they got that other guy that I know Bruins fans love to hate, Maxime LaPierre, from when he was in Vancouver and also uh, when he was in Montreal. Um, So watch for St. Louis to become a very difficult team to play against. It can be argued that one through six, they might be the deepest team on defense. I would say Chicago uh, and potentially Boston might rival that a little bit, uh, and Pittsburgh, when healthy, might rival that a little bit. But they're still they're in the top four for sure in terms of overall defensive depth. St. Louis is a very good team, and the trade deadline didn't hurt them at all.
2: Pierre, uh, is there any remorse in the Bruins front office today after watching Tyler Sagan have another five-point game last night? So we got texts in the first yeah. hour of the show saying, right. look at Sagan, you guys aren't talking Sagan. Well, right. Riley Smith's been pretty good. Sagan has been really good in dallas is anyone second guessing that deal today over on causeway street
0: i don't think so i mean it's one of those deals where give louis erickson some time too because he's starting to mold into form he had a very solid olympics he really did um especially when the swedes had nick backstrom daniel Sedin, and and louis erickson that was their best line they got to the gold medal game that was a big reason why they got to the gold medal game that line was so good um I, Riley Smith has been fantastic. Listen, I, I don't know if Tyler Sagan ever would have got to this level being in Boston. Sometimes a young player, and, and you know what, who can speak to this, sometimes a young player needs to be scared straight. And one of the ways of scaring him straight is to trade him. It just, for whatever reason, doesn't work out in the town where he's drafted, but you just trade him, and it works out. And I think that might have been the case with Tyler because it just it wasn't working out. It was not working out with enough consistency.
1: Well, yeah, I think fresh start sometimes, you know, whatever the distraction is, maybe you've just felt like you've been labeled. Maybe you feel like you, you, know, you don't fit in this system. Maybe you feel like this guy doesn't like you. or That guy doesn't like you. And that fresh start kind of brings you back to the days when you feel like you were great again. And you can yeah. just go be yourself.
0: Yeah, and th- listen, with all due respect to the people in Dallas, it's not the same hockey market it is in, in uh, Boston. I mean, the scrutiny in Boston's far greater for a player than it is down in Dallas. It's just that's the way it is right now. Until Dallas starts to win with some consistency, that's how it's going to be. Maybe it'll change, but football is king and basketball's right there and baseball's. I mean, those are the three sports that the hockey team's fourth in line there. They really are. Um, but I I like what Boston's team is doing. I I Boy, oh, boy, you're set up to have a very good team for a very long time. I think the management's done a great job
2: there. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun, Pierre. We appreciate it. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll talk to you next Friday.
0: I think we're going to be able to get together pretty soon, too. Coming into Boston, do Boston, Minnesota, and then Boston, Montreal, and Ooh. I'll be in Montreal this coming Wednesday to do Bruins and Canadians. So you and I and, uh, and Lou might be getting together soon. Oh, oh man.
2: So it'd be nice if our producer told us this once in a while, Pierre, to find out from you this oh, is dude, good. I, I like you. this.
0: Just, you know, what do they call that? Advanced warning. Ooh, we'll have to do some
2: advanced scouting. Thanks, Pierre. We'll All see right, We'll see you soon. You two men is always a pleasure. Have a good weekend. You <laughs> right. too. That is uh, the best. Go have fun out there. Pierre Maguire joining us uh, on the at and Hotline. Pierre is brought to you by our friends at Norfolk Power Equipment and by UMass Online. See, the, there's a great, I, I think Deadspin had it. No, I think Barstool had it today. But Sagan picks up the hat.